Hello and welcome to another episode of the More From Law podcast. I'm your host, Harry Clark. This episode features Alison Payton, who currently works for Vantage's marketing team. But prior to this role, she worked as a graduate recruiter for a global law firm for just under nine years, getting involved with every step of the interview process for a variety of positions. We discuss her insights from being on the other side of the interview desk and what she looked for when she was screening candidates for training contracts and more. Let's get into it. So hi, Alison. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Thanks very much for having me, Harry. No, it's a pleasure to have you here. And uh, in all honesty, it's great to have someone who, I guess, has been on the other side of the uh, training contract process um, on the show to ask you all sorts of questions that I'm sure listeners uh, will want answered. But before we get too much into training contracts and vacation schemes and what all that's about, um, a little icebreaker question I like to ask people is, um, why did you originally want to be connected with the legal profession and what's your sort of background to date? Okay, gosh, good question. Um, So (laughs) if we go back many years, when I graduated from university and started working, um, I first worked in kind of university student recruitment. Mm -hmm. So I knew I wanted a role kind of helping students, advising students. Um, At the time when I was young, I thought it'd be great to have a role that involved lots of travel. Um, So I started off in international student recruitment, um, sort of traveling around the world, encouraging students to come and study in the UK. And Mm -hmm. as part of that, you know, looking at applications and then starting to advise students on how to apply to universities, what universities were looking for. And then I think sort of the natural move for me from there was when I thought I wanted a change from student recruitment was looking at what I enjoyed in in those roles that I'd had, Mm -hmm. which was namely kind, which was namely working with students advising students having a lot of interaction with students um but I wanted to work in a different setting I wanted to try something different to universities so for me the natural step was looking at graduate recruitment um it was actually friends of mine who were working in the city who recommended I look at it as I'd always decided that I just the city wasn't for me um I don't know why what this was this was based on nothing at all no experiences whatsoever and so then moved into kind of graduate recruitment and 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 then and sort of ended up with my first role um at um kind of a big commercial law firm working in their graduate recruitment team predominantly starting on sort of the university marketing side so using my knowledge of working in universities to promote the firm across um UK universities and then that role evolved into then screening applications for everything from camp semester vacancies to training contracts and also running assessment days and sort of what we call the kind of the entire candidate journey Mm. so taking students from when you you know first meet them at the university and you're talking about the firm right up to when they they join the firm and I worked there for just under nine years Wow, so you've built quite a bit of experience then, and I guess you've drawn on, uh, you know, talking about university applications as well. So you've literally seen every type of application a student could probably uh, apply for when it comes to, to the legal profession, right? Yes, and there, there's a lot of similarities between mm-hmm. kind of what what makes a successful application, you know, sort of depending on who or, you know, what you're applying for. Um, and then when I left um, the law firm, I kind of still remained very much within law, again, very much with the focus on advising and helping students. So I've worked for some diversity organisations and mm-hmm. then more recently um, with Rare Recruitment promoting their new Vantage app online portal. So again, the kind of the theme I think has been whatever I do, I've wanted to be helping students either get to the university they want to get to or, you know, get to the kind of 
career that that they they they're aiming for yeah, that's fantastic and so if you could try and put a number on it how many applications do you think you've seen over your career so far gosh someone asked me this the other day <laughs> you don't keep a running tally i guess hundreds Wow, no, that's uh, I can only imagine, and I'm guessing you've seen all different types of one as we've hinted at. So, what was that like? Was it an enjoyable experience? Did it was it a case that you were sort of talking to students from all over the world and different kind of backgrounds and practices? What was your sort of experience, I guess, working as a recruiter for for training contracts? So, my I loved it. I loved it because it was such a varied role, um, but also because for me and the nature of the role that I did, because I focused on, you know, promoting the firm at universities and also on first year schemes and camp semester roles. So I really enjoyed seeing a student literally right always from the moment that they decided either to explore law as a career or, you know, just at the first stages of trying to get more information and more access to law firms. And I, what I used to enjoy seeing is if, you know, someone you, you, I recruited onto the first year scheme and now I see that they're sort of associates and 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 you know even higher up in the firm I think that's the kind of the the reward when you see someone from I remember meeting you at you know at, at your university right up to gosh you've now qualified yeah. makes me feel quite old you know that's what it's all about and that's what we're you know trying to do is to recruit students who are also going to stay with the firm and I, I guess a, a big part of trying to identify students that are going to stay with the firm is kind of making sure that they understand what that firm is all about and knowing that they really want to apply to that firm specifically. So when you were reading applications and um, a student's clearly done some kind of research, for example, as to why they feel that the, the firm is best for them, what would you say were the best tips to convey your motivations for wanting to work in a firm and kind of using evidence, I guess, to demonstrate demonstrate those kind of interests? Yeah, I think it's it's hard because what I would say is that you need to make sure your answer to the sort of the common question why this firm is you need to make sure that it's quite genuine and quite specific to you and I think that is quite hard because you see a lot of marketing materials out there giving very sort of quite generic descriptions of a lot of firms so you know we're a large global international commercial law firm um, we're collaborative we're innovative we're so I think sometimes for students to kind of pick that apart because they are all attractive and they all sound great places to work to pick that apart into why am I particularly interested I think can be quite hard so I think when students are starting to research firms and thinking about where they want to apply I would encourage them obviously to look at the brochure and the website that's a great place to start um, but also really research the training contract and think about are there aspects of the particular structure of that training contract that suit you. Um, so, you know, are you more a six month seat person? Are you a three month mm -hmm. seat person? You know, there are certain people that will like six month seats. There are certain people who will really like to change after three months. Um, look at things like obligatory seats. So there are a number of firms that will say, because of the, the, the nature of their law firm, will say you have to do a seat in finance um, or you have to do a seat in corporate or you have to do a seat in both. So thinking about if that's appealing to them, why is it appealing? Is it something they studied at university? Is it something they, they do in their spare time when they're not studying that's made their sort of interest in finance or corporate law grow? And I think relate everything to something specific about you rather than trying to use generic, oh, I'm really attracted to a 
large global commercial law firm because of the clients you work with or you know that kind of I think steer away from the generic lines which is hard because that's all the information you sometimes see but try and make it personal to you is there a client that the firm works with that maybe is related to a part-time job you've had or a summer job you've had you know even little little things like that which show someone's really thought about gosh you know that part-time job in a supermarket you know they can relate it to a recent deal the firm has done which says they've really really thought about how their experience and knowledge might be relevant gosh now I'm just going on so I think there was quite a um, <laughs> so yes I think it's more kind of really doing your research into the firm but thinking about how it can relate to you so that when you answer the question why that firm there's really specific reasons for why you are interested in the firm and that no one else could use that answer. No, that's great. And when you were giving those kind of stock phrases about, oh, I'm interested in the commercial world, I was, my heart was racing because I thought you'd found one of my first round applications <laughs> that I'd sent off to, to the firms because, um, no, I suffered from the same problem in that I was, wasn't specific enough. And you're absolutely right. Relating it to your own personal experiences and trying to give that genuine reason, I think, is a, is a big difference maker between a good and a great application um, but there'll be students and kind of applicants listening who feel okay I don't have the biggest wealth of legal experience and we kind of hinted about it there about thinking about those non-legal experiences and how they can help you in an application what do you think were the best ways for students to utilize their quote-unquote non-legal experiences so sort of candidates not utilizing their non-legal work experience was probably one of the biggest bugbears for me when I was mm. reading application forms because I think, like you say, students get quite hung up on the legal work experience um, and not having huge quantities of that. And I think some of the best application forms I ever read were students who didn't have huge amounts of legal work experience, but they did have a lot of non-legal work, work experience or not necessarily that they had a lot, but they'd really use that non-legal work experience to show, I would say, two key things. One, that they had all of the skills that law firms are looking for in future trainee solicitors. So, I mean, almost all graduate recruiters have a list of skills that they're looking for in applications. A lot of them are very similar, if not the same. Um, and then same for most jobs, so kind of transferable skills like communication skills or attention to detail, working in teams, leadership, all these kind of um, employability and transferable skills they use their non-legal work experience in particular to demonstrate look I have everything that you're looking for I have all of the skills and I've been you know working on them and developing them albeit in a non-legal context but you know I have what what you're looking for the second thing I think they were able to do very well with their non-legal work experience is to explain how it was still really relevant which it is to their commercial awareness so I hate to use the word commercial awareness so early um, <laughs> in this podcast, but, um, you know, commercial awareness doesn't just mean, you know, reading the, fun I mean, it doesn't necessarily mean reading the financial news at all. It means having a really good understanding of how law firms operate as businesses, which you can get from legal work experience. But it also is just having a really good understanding of how businesses generally operate. And that general understanding and knowledge can come from any work that you've done, you know, in a shop, in any kind of business. A lot of students do, you know, work for their universities. A university is a big business. 
So the candidates who've thought about whatever setting they're in, okay, how is how does this business make a profit, or what would happen if it didn't make a profit, or you know, who are, who is who are these who is this business's clients, and how does it serve the clients, and what does it do for the clients? So and how is the business structured, even if it's you know a family business, having that awareness of how businesses operate um, is is a really good kind of thing to get out of your non-legal work experience and I think students often miss a trick not bringing that out enough on application forms because they're quite you know they think they need to have vacation schemes and open days and all this but actually there's a huge amount that can be drawn out from your non-legal work experience that can make your application form very strong. Absolutely. And when it came to commercial awareness, I think the first time I started to think with that kind of mindset was just watching Dragon's Den on the TV and thinking about what kind of questions investors were asking in terms of, you know, how do you make your profit? What's the market size? All that sort of stuff. I think that was the first time I kind of started to think about the kind of wider business markets that, you know, companies operate in and then trying to apply that same model of thinking to, to law firms exactly. So yeah, no, I, I echo what you're saying. It's, it's absolutely right. And we mentioned there a bit, one of the kind of common pitfalls I guess that students fall into is not is you know underutilizing their non-legal work experiences in your experience what were some of the more I guess common mistakes and pitfalls or even misconceptions that students had throughout the process okay so let's start um, kind of at the beginning with the application form <clears throat> I would say um, that students should bear in mind the the number of application forms that a recruiter is probably having to read and <clears throat> therefore the clearer and easier an application form is to read, the not the better their application is going. No, the better their application is going to be. I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it out loud. Um, it's not an application form, particularly to a law firm, where you know lawyers, their kind of business is kind of breaking down legal jargon laws for their clients and making sure their clients understand in clear, concise you know, comprehensive English. So on an application form, it's not the time to use a lot of jargon. It's not the time to get at your thesaurus um, and come up with words. You know, I've seen words that I, I genuinely to this day still don't know what they mean um, <laughs> on application forms. And it's not it's not a an academic essay. It's It's, mm. you know, you need to make sure that it's really clear and easy to read and trust me that you you know it used to make my day if an application form was easy to read and I got to the end of an answer and I thought gosh I what a good you know what a good answer just because it was really easy and straightforward to read and it made sense and it was answering the question so I'd like first make sure your English is really clear and concise doesn't have to be complicated doesn't have to use you know lots of impressive sounding words you just need to answer the question as clearly you can as you can um second i think is going back to what i just said about answering the question i think a lot of and i totally appreciate how this happens particularly a time when you're filling in a lot of application forms and um you know you might i don't condone this at all you might be trying to kind of cut and paste particular paragraphs between application forms but i think you really need to sit back when you're writing an application form particularly when you get to the motivational questions or the more sort of extra quickly questions is read the question and then sit back and say to yourself why is the law firm asking me this question 
and sort of reflect upon what is it I'm, am I demonstrating particular skills here or is this the question when I have to explain about why I want to be a lawyer or you know is this the question where they're you know particularly looking for some you know my commercial knowledge I mean you know some questions are very straightforward and it's obvious what they're asking you some aren't so straightforward because the law firm wants to kind of you to sit and reflect and make sure you're answering what they're asking you. So I think, I mean, and there are two really easy things to do is to actually make sure you're answering the question and to write clearly and concisely. I mean, silly things like if it asks for two examples, put two examples, don't put five. <laughs> things like that, because it's all about attention to detail, which you have to have as a lawyer. And the application yeah. form is predominantly the one place that law firms kind of check that you have that skill. So little things like that. Um, um, I was just always surprised by how sometimes students have completely missed the point of the question. I think because they would thought, oh, this is the question where I need to talk about this, maybe from another application form, and they just copied it in. So I think that's kind of a really common thing you see on application forms. So how about interviews? The interview stage, I think that students can kind of feel as though, you know, they're quite daunting and, you know, they're not too sure you know, if the recruiter is looking for something different versus their written application answer, what were the the sort of key uh, interview bits of advice that you'd give to, I guess, take something you've already written in your application and then add to it and to clarify it when you're in that interview stage? Um, I think I would, I, I always use, you know, the advice I give to students is that the, pers the people or the person interviewing you if they don't have your application form in front of you, they will have read it and they will have read it incredibly well. And, you know, I mean, particularly if you're being interviewed by lawyers, they will have highlighted, they will have annotated, they will, you know, <laughs> they will have really, really read it because that's what their their job is. Um, yeah. yeah. So make sure you know your application form off by heart, which seems silly because I think students think, well, I wrote it, but there's often a, a bit of a gap between when you submit a form and, and, and when you're interviewed. I think now this is hard because I know I, it could be different for firms, but the firm I used to work at, the, the candidates on the assessment day weren't in competition with each other. And I think it's easy to get quite daunted um, when you're on um, an assessment day and you can see other candidates and I think sometimes, I mean, you, you obviously know more about this than me because you've been on the other side, but I think it can be quite daunting if you've got someone who comes in and says, oh, I've just finished, you know, two vacation schemes, I'm exhausted. Or, you know, I think there can be a little bit of, and not necessarily on purpose, but intimidating candidate chat. And I think yeah. students then sort of internalize that and take that on board and, and have almost sort of discounted themselves sometimes before the day starts. So I think, I mean, I... It's probably something for candidates to check if with firms, but certainly where I used to work, candidates were not in competition with each other on the assessment day. Um, you know, we we knew what we were looking for. You know, we had a list of criteria and every candidate was marked on the same criteria. And, you know, if you scored well on all of the criteria, then you were offered a vacation scheme or, you know, a training contract. And if you didn't, you weren't in it. Some assessment days went really well. Others, you know, didn't go so well. So it's not, I would really really focus on the fact that you're not unless you've been told otherwise by the firm you are not yeah. in competition with anyone else on your assessment day and don't be intimidated um by that um i think probably the same then with group exercises again i don't know if you ever had to 
Yeah, I was just about to ask, actually. I think that's one of the most common kind of, I guess, misconceptions or, or, or scenarios where students feel as though they need to compete. And, you know, thinking that either talking more either means that they're doing better or that, you know, they need to come up with this incredible off-the-cuff idea that's never been heard before. So, you know, what, what were your kind of things that you looked for in, in the group exercise, both from, I guess, the entire group's perspective and how they were performing, but then on the individual level as well and how you know individuals were contributing to the, to the group's goals? Yeah, good question, because I was gonna—I was about to come on to group exercises. So I would say you have to talk. Um, you have mm-hmm. to say something um, because the people assessing you are can only assess you on what you say. So you have to say something. It's a very unnatural situation and the candidates are clearly aware of it and the people um, assessing are very aware of it and it's all very polite and, you know, a lot of, oh, good points. So, you know, the assessors are aware it's not a sort of a natural team situation. I would make sure that you talk and if there is someone who is really dominating the discussion, which happens and it happens a lot, um, sort of two things. One, they're not necessarily making very good points. You know, if you think they're not making very good points, the chances are the assessors might not as well. And secondly, you can politely interrupt someone um you know by sort of just trying to sort of if they ever so slightly pause to say oh you know you've made a good point hang on about you know why don't we consider this so try again i mean the same thing with the assessment they try not to be intimidated by the person who's talking the most um i two things is i would avoid volunteering to be the one who, who takes notes i was always really surprised by a student who say why don't i take notes and i'd be internally you know screaming to myself no please don't because then you're just focusing on writing and and, and no one's you know no notes will be taken away or it's not about your notes it's about what you say and the second you know is is avoid volunteering to be the timekeeper you know the assessors will tell normally the timekeepers and will tell you you know we're keeping an eye on time so again just those don't volunteer to do anything that's not part of what you've been asked to do um and and actually is going to take you away from contributing and and speaking but i think group exercises are probably the hardest thing to judge how they've gone um so i would probably try not to kind of think too much about that part of the assessment day because you 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 get no kind of feedback or interaction with the assessors you know compared to interviews so i would and i know this is very easy to me to say as someone used to interview i was gonna say try not to get too hung up on them because You don't know what's going to come up. They're deliberately changed a lot so candidates can't prepare in advance. Um, Yeah, yeah, just make sure you say something because you'll be surprised by how many candidates don't. Yeah, that's some great advice. And I think it goes back to the idea as well about answering the question as well and really understanding the scenario that you've been given. Because um, I remember in one of my group exercises, we'd been asked to make a presentation. And um, fortunately enough, we we kind of allocated five minutes at the end once we'd even figured out what the content of the presentation was be just to think about how it was going to be delivered. And I've heard other stu- uh, stories where people say, um, you know, we're given a group task. And then at the end of it, the recruiters are expecting us to give this presentation, which was talked about in the task but because they'd run out of time they didn't really know how to I guess deliver what they'd known so um, you know really understanding the task and I think utilizing all of the materials that's been given to you is, is absolutely key as well. And then I guess 
finally throughout the application process um unfortunately it happens where you know candidates are rejected and i think it's sort of inevitable when you go through um the whole training contract application process it's extremely rare for a person to apply once and get the offer so in terms of the advice you'd give to students looking to i guess improve from their experiences and to try and sort of find a positive out of rejections what's what do you think is the best way for candidates to um, learn from their previous experiences and to take it forward with them into the next application cycle so the first bit i would say is if you if you've been rejected from an assessment day stage is to absolutely get feedback from the law firm um if it's offered i unless it's changed i think you know feedback is still given after assessment days um yeah not really after um application forms I don't think too much but I mean it might be painful and it can be painful because you might also totally disagree with what the recruiter says <laughs> and how you perform which we yeah. have I used to have a lot um right. but get the feedback because even if you don't agree with it you know or what you said or you know this might it might give you a good indication of how you come across because I think sometimes students think they've come across in a different way um, so take on the feedback because it's not just one person you know you're norm you normally meet a lot of different people on an assessment day so take on that feedback um, obviously if there are themes from particular assessment days that you know are coming across um, it might be your motivation or your commercial awareness or, or you know if there are themes from a few assessment days if you're lucky enough to get onto a few then obviously reflect and look at what it is um, that you think might be letting you down. Again, mm. I think there is a lot of advice out there now, um, you know, with people like yourself sharing your experience and other people sort of talking about their experiences. But if you're really not sure what's going on, um, I would encourage students to either go to careers advisors or, you know, people in their law, or law faculty or not, or careers advisors at their university and asking them to look at their application forms if no one's checked it beforehand um or you know reaching out to people like yourselves and other people um on social media just to try so they can try and understand where it's where you know what aspect is letting them down in the process um and probably having quite an honest chat if you don't as hard as it is if sometimes if you don't have the academics that law firms are looking for or the grades in your first year or your second year um and even when those grades are put into context, it's still not quite what the law firm are looking for, then it's probably you going back and doing your law firm research again, and targeting the firms where, you know, they have different entry requirements, and, and what you have is, is what they're looking for. So I think it's, it's really hard, because obviously, there are a lot of students who yeah. are rejected. And I think it's, it's about kind of having the self-awareness to kind of either reflect on what you're being told about your performance on assessment days or kind of just having the strength to turn to other people to ask for them, okay, what, where do you think I'm going wrong? Um, and, you know, a lot of firms, you can resubmit application forms. So I say particularly if you're not successful with vacation schemes, that unless, you know, there are some firms who specifically say you can't apply, for training contract but a lot of firms say absolutely you can then it's just i would if you're still interested in those firms and you think you're between the time when you submitted your vacation scheme application the time you submitted your training contract you have more to add or you can change it then you know absolutely apply to those those firms again i would never resubmit the same application form 
um, yeah. which I've seen, you know, a few times because, I mean, you're just going to instantly be, <laughs> if you've been rejected once with the same form. It's not going to work again. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I mean, it's hard, gosh, and I'm always aware that I'm, I'm on the other side. So it's very easy, you know, as, as someone who has rejected a lot of applications to say, oh, it's fine, you'll bounce back. But I think it's, there's a re- there's always going to be a reason that your form has been rejected. Um, and it's sort of you looking back and, and, and if you if the firm isn't able to tell you, you know, that reason because it was in a, at an application form stage and not an assessment day stage, it's you having a look back, you know, did I did I use that work experience section as well as I could? Did I really answer the questions, you know? Do I really have the grades that they're looking for? If you're not sure, phone up the graduate recruitment team. I was always very honest with people, um, you know, if they if they disclose their grades um, about whether I thought, you know, they would they would might get through the process. So it's that kind of you having quite an honest chat with yourself. Yeah, absolutely. And that reflective approach is something that I try to take. And I think it's just important for students to bear in mind that, you know, as you say, graduate recruitment get a lot of applications. And I think um, you're actually going to have more success in getting a second pair of eyes to review applications if you approach, you know, future trainees or other law students or those who are currently working in the firm in some other capacity, just because as a, as a general rule of thumb, they'll have more time to look through that kind of application kind of side of things than you know a recruiter who's receiving thousands and thousands of applications um when they're when they're handling their positions so definitely something to look into and i think that reflective approach is is really really important yeah and i think just knowing that you know application forms are read properly you know i will i'm saying it uh on tape as they say that you know every single form you know was read entirely no decision was made um you know after only like reading the first few sections so the whole form was read which i think is particularly you know particularly now also there's contextual recruitment being used which is you know great and fantastic and really helpful um you know so you're seeing a candidate's grades in context and then you know reading the rest of the form so you're making a really informed decision on a candidate um so i would really yeah i just want to state that candidates um, application forms are red. So we've talked a lot about this episode about the whole training contract application process and um, you know your previous role working graduate recruitment. But I did want to ask you before we wrapped up about your current role um, and working within. Advantage. Um, so for, you know, law students or aspiring lawyers who are kind of looking to get into the profession or even junior lawyers who are kind of thinking about their current career path, what, what is Vantage all about and how can it help um, those uh, in the profession? So Vantage is a kind of a new online portal. So it's an online um, website where we have um, 18 par- um, law firm partners. So 18 of the biggest law firms in the world. Um, partnering with Vantage and a student completes a short profile with you know the personal details and university um, and school sort of academic information and they then submit that profile and their profile is then accessible to those 18 um, commercial law firms and what we're essentially trying to make it easier is for kind of law firms to connect instantly with you know students who you know meet their requirements or and also students at universities that because 
law firms can't visit every university in the UK. So it might be students who they might not meet as part of their um, university visits, but who look really interesting candidates. And it enables kind of law firms to connect with students directly through um, the Vantage portal. So for candidates, it means that they you know, they know their information is, is available to these 18 commercial law firms. And also that if a um, law firm reaches out to you through Vantage, then you know that they're kind of they're genuinely interested in you. And, you know, based on the information that you've put on your Vantage profile, you have the, you know, what they're looking for, you know, in terms of what you've put on your portal. So it's a great way for sort of law firms to connect with students across the UK, but also for, you know, students to to easily connect um, with law firms, you know, when they're not at university or, you know, even at university trying to connect with law firms can be hard or law fairs are super busy and (laughs) evening events, you know, sort of a, you know, chance for for firms to essentially promote themselves, but it can be different. I think it's difficult for kind of students sometimes to stand out at those events or a lot of students to stand out because they're so busy and everyone's trying to talk um, to to the partners and the and the lawyers from the firm, so it's just a way for you to kind of, you know, show those firms this is me, this is who I am, and I'm I'm you know interested in you, and and connect directly with the firm. No, absolutely, it's a great a great alternative way for students to, to put themselves out there and to hopefully utilise all the tips that we've uh, we've talked about this episode in their application. Um, but no, I really really appreciate you coming on the, the show, Alison. Where can people go uh, to learn more about yourself and everything that Vantage has to offer as well? So there is um, obviously the Vantage website, which is mm-hmm. vantageapp.io. So that's vantageapp all one word dot io. Um, we're also on social media, so on Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn as well. Perfect. Well, I'm sure that many students will hopefully uh, find it useful and take what you've said um, on board in the future with their applications. So thanks so much for coming on. I really, really appreciate it. Thanks so much. Thanks. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the More From Law podcast. If you enjoyed the episode and want to support the show, please share it with your network and leave a review on the iTunes store. It's really appreciated. If you want to stay up to date on the show, follow and subscribe to the More From Law podcast on your podcast platform of choice, or follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn at the profile Harry Clark Law. See you in the next episode.